the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. to the USL show podcast about the premier second division league in the United States of America. I'm your host, uh, as always, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, your favorite cheesemonger's favorite cheesemonger, and tonight your favorite sparkling water consumer, Evan Villala. Hi, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Uh, a little bit of a smaller cast of, of characters tonight. Um, joining me all the way from the San Diego area. Alan Underwood's here. Hiya. How's it going? You know, it's uh, it's certainly going. I've actually uh, we're in the middle point of my vacation of uh, like five days of not having to go to work slash taking a break. So that's been nice. Nice. I would recommend it. I will have to uh, investigate what this vacation thing you are speaking of is uh, soon. I know my wife's yeah. taking a vacation without me. She's going to go visit her sister. So that's a quasi-vacation? Just, just me and the dogs? Mm. But, sure, sure. Yeah, things are going all right here. It's been exciting. Good. Yeah, I, I ima- we'll talk about that, but I imagine. Uh, also here, it is... Uh, one half of the stats department he crunches numbers for fun and keeps getting degrees without anyone asking him to it's Ryan Allen hey Evan what's up how are you you know we're, we're living over here aren't we the uh, yeah the the ghost of Bethlehem Steel Pass for sure certainly playing well for your Philadelphia Union the last couple games But I guess uh, the big news that we have, at least to uh, talk about, is uh, USL Cup Finals going to be on ESPN yeah. this year. November 1st, I believe. Good thing, Roku yeah, finally, good thing Roku finally decided to put ESPN on their lineup, so I'm, I'm all right Ooh, with that. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's a Sunday this year. It's not a bad thing, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's what, the 1st of November, I believe it's 7 Eastern, I think is what I saw. Um... Yeah, through uh, Grant Roll, Grant Wall's yeah. tweet. The last two, per his tweet as well, the last two uh, USL Cup finals have been on ESPN two, and this will have to be the first ESPN proper uh, match for the USL. And you know, kind of what a way to just kind of display the league, especially now, just to get eyeballs onto the sport. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see who ends up getting there. Um, as there's, I think, two groups, one especially, but it, two probably that are very much wide open right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, nice for the league, obviously being on ESPN2 the last couple of years helped. Uh, now they get moved to ESPN proper. Um, more people see that you're on the flagship for the for the big uh, the big sports Network in the in the country, and, and hopefully that'll lead to a spike in numbers, and hopefully it's a it's a good game. Yeah, I hope so as well. I'm sure the uh, league ha- 
there will be some teams the league will hopefully be or will, might be rooting for to make the final but I'm sure anyone who gets there it'll be a really huge occasion to have in the final and I believe if you go through uh, everyone who's currently sitting in a playoff spot right now Reno are the only team that has any sort of uh, MLS affiliation of it so and we have basically 15 really big or 15 independent clubs that are going to be making mm. uh, the playoffs as of right now. And if it's Louisville City at home this year, it won't be a giant eyesore for everybody. Oh, no, I'm, uh, whatever. They, fi- they fixed <laughs> the biggest problem they had, so good on them. For sure. And they actually <laughs> have figured out how to win games there, which is also exciting for them. So mm. makes it a little bit more dangerous. Yeah. Um... And then, uh, yeah, a couple postponements, and these are these are dumb. Uh, Memphis and North Carolina get postponed. Charleston and Loudoun get postponed, and then Rio Grande Valley and, and New Mexico get postponed. And um, uh, I just if if you have to postpone a game this late, and one of the teams is already out of the hunt for the playoffs just just don't you know I, I get seating wise it's a little tricky but I mean for the Loudon game with Charleston and then um, I think Memphis and well, well yeah Memphis they, is eliminated and uh, North Carolina are currently chance so I mean they're 11 points off of Charlotte so Charlotte just needs a point to pretty much qualify and even more so if you look at uh, New Mexico, Rio Grande Valley. New Mexico has already made the playoffs right. and clinched their spot. Rio Grande Valley has already been eliminated, yeah. and it would really only be down to seeding. And I, I, yeah, I just, it's, it's putting the players that are going to have to make up these games under a little bit more stress and, and literally a little more physical wear. Um, on the back end, which I think is, is incredibly unnecessary. And uh, as Pony was saying earlier in our group chat with um, with basically cementing that uh, USL Cup final will be on November 1st, and especially if it's going to be on ESPN+, Plus, mm. it seems like a very immovable date that yeah. it's going to be held there or regardless, and that at this point, you know, games are going to be either canceled or if it possibly comes to it some teams may forfeit yeah uh, the question i would have is that sure. rgv new mexico game if it's forfeit like i mean if it's not going to really mess with seeding too much then sure go for it yeah. um maybe not give them a win but give them the points and just be done with it mm. um i think that's the thing like new mexico is at 23 right now like and they'd be going up against essentially san antonio um, and then maybe there might be some repercussions later down the road with it, who wins that match might have mm-hmm. some influence. But unless it's Tulsa beating or Austin beating El Paso, I think the only instance is if it gets to the Western Conference final. So even with some weird seeding stuff, I think with the groups that they're in and who they're playing, I think it's pretty much a wash. So 
Um, in the West, I don't see it being a huge deal to either take a forfeit and give them three points um, or just not play that match and keep them in that second spot. Right. Well, and, and my other thing, right, is once you're in, you still have to beat whoever's in front of you. Like, I don't think anyone that's getting into the playoffs is like, ooh, well, you know, now that they're not going to play this game, it's, you know, uh, we're getting, uh, what, Charleston at the at the one seed instead of, you know, like, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it really is going to matter that much to any of the teams that are in the playoffs. And if it does, I just, it's very strange to me. Uh, because this year, more than any other, definitely holds up to that cliche where it's, you know, you're in and you have a chance to win it. So I, I think it's a little unnecessary to, to make or to, to imply that these teams are going to have to make up these games. Um, just because you're looking at a really crowded schedule on top of that you've already had a really crowded schedule. Um, and so I, I think, you know, if you want to trim the fat, so to speak, and you kind of cancel off these games between the two playoff, non-playoff teams or, or what have you, like they can play a friendly or whatever if they want to have a cooldown match at some point later this week or, or next or, you know, after the final's over, who cares? But I just think it's a really strange look to, to throw out that you want to reschedule these games. And if you're New Mexico, do you even say, like, we'll take the forfeit even? Like, at this point, we would rather not play and take a loss knowing that we've already clinched a playoff spot? Like, that's the other uh, side. Like, yeah. Like, if I'm New Mexico, do I go, thanks but no thanks? We'll take, we'll take the, you know, if you look at seeding and who you're going to play and, you know, even if you make the Western Conference Finals, maybe mm-hmm. you're already on the road anyway, mm-hmm. for, you know is it just pretty much we'll take the loss to save our legs and to save having to play a team that we don't really need to play like, I might consider that if I was New Mexico United I'm sure that's a possibility I get this uh, I mean the conversation having with the hypotheticals here would definitely be different like say if it was a team that was very much closer to being in the playoffs such as if it was impacting Orange County or Los Dos, who are both currently in the outside of group B, looking into the playoff picture, then it would become a more pressured situation on do you win, if you would play out that game or not. Well, and like for New Mexico United, it's like you don't even really have control over your own destiny in getting first place from El Paso anyway. Like, you'd still need some help. So, that one's weird. The only one that I'm like, yeah, they kind of have a, a interesting dilemma is Charleston. Or even more so with New Mexico is if they're not having a proper home match, does it, right. in the regular season, does it make as much of a difference? Right. But, I mean, you had mentioned Charleston with their... Uh, postponement against Loudon, and that leaves them uh, currently a match in hand against Tampa Bay and three points back however both uh, Tampa Bay and Charleston have this pretty much in essence the same schedule for their final two games remaining they both have their penultimate match against the Miami FC and then they play each other for the final week of the season which could really 
ultimately determine uh, seeding unless Tampa Bay were to beat uh, the Miami FC in that uh, second-to-last match. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, but, I mean, looking at the rest of the of the tables here, um, the one that really sticks out, I think, Alan, you were talking about it, because San Diego's in it, I'm sure, in part, but Group B is a, is a cluster right now. Yes, and even with that 99%, uh, greater than 99% playoff odds, there is a scenario where Phoenix finishes fourth in this group. Like, it would take Phoenix losing all of their matches, mm-hmm. but there's still not a, a huge gap between them and, like, if you look at max points available, sure. Phoenix is on 35, LA can get to 33, Orange County can get to 30, San Diego can get to 28. Like, there's not a lot of room in there for someone to trip up against a Vegas on the road, for example. Hmm. Um, there's some there's crazy scenarios, and I think that's where we're having fun out here is running through. I think there's one where three different teams can finish with eight win with eight wins tied on points, with like so it's like it's going to be a very enjoyable run in, even as a neutral watching these teams, as it's a basically playoff matches. I think San Diego plays L.A. and Phoenix. Um, I think Orange County has L.A. and Phoenix again. So there's like they're going to be like crazy competitive matches that are going to feel like hardcore playoff matches. Uh, and I am for here for like all of them, um, especially after San Diego went into Phoenix and escaped with a victory. Like anything can happen uh, at this point in the season. And with Group B, it's it's super close. Same thing with you know Group E. You have three instead of four teams that are really battling for those two spots. Um, I thought it was funny USL posted who's going to get the second spot, um, and Phoenix wasn't even consideration. Now, obviously, they control their own destiny, and they're probably going to make the playoffs, but there's not a lot of room between Phoenix and L.A. Um, two points different, so any drop points here can be the end of your playoff hopes. And interestingly enough, looking at this race to the playoffs, uh, she, which has been incredibly helpful to have on the USL Championship website, is that Los Dos currently has a 47% playoff odds compared to OC at 31% and uh, San Diego Loyal at 23%. However, I would probably chop a lot of that percentage points up to the match in hands, for, up to the matches remaining for Los Dos in Orange County at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Los Dos has their essentially has the their destiny in their own hand uh, but they also have four matches to play versus you know three three and two so they're cramming these guys in um, and they got some tough matchups and you know Orange County can go on a run we've seen San Diego go on a run can they can maintain it and Galaxy figure out their form again like they've been win loss win loss win um, and I don't think I think Phoenix Rising rebounds and, and just says we're not playing games anymore. Um, but you I mean we've kind of seen this from Phoenix in the past where they've you know they've been really really good and then they have a couple of weeks where they're not great and sometimes it's happened at the end of the season. Hmm. Uh, so hopefully they can kind of figure out their back end because it's not they're attacking like Flemings is going to score eighty thousand goals every game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's their back end Honestly. that they're really trying to figure out. Um, and they definitely had some issues um, on Sunday, Saturday, oof, Saturday. But, I mean, they have some time to figure it out. They have uh, some time to get um, some people integrated into that system. And I think they're going to figure it out. They have some smart people and some good players. But really, it's that back end that might let them let them down. Curious, looking through Group B and who they'd be matching up against with Group A. As of right now in Group A, you have Reno uh, on 31 points and Sacramento on 26 points. And given that difference, one would assume it'd be Reno taking the top spot. Uh, If you were coming out of Group B and you had your choice of either traveling to Reno in the first round or hosting Sacramento, I'm curious, like, is there a preference of either team if they could finish in either first or second of Group B? Because I'm almost just like, is there a team they would want to avoid trying to play in the first round, even if they may end up meeting them in the uh, conference semis? I, I'm just so curious to see Reno or Sacramento play like a, someone outside of that group. Yeah, kind of. Because, I mean, yeah, they were probably going to advance if you throw them as the top two teams, quote unquote, top two teams in any other group in the West. But like that, that four team group where it's. Reno, Sacramento, and then two MLS two sides is like not anything. Like they were never in any trouble this year, um, which is fine. I'm I'm just wondering if that's going to cause them a little bit of of a slow start against either team to make it out of Group B. Um, I suppose if we're keeping with the two trend, I, I I guess you'd like to see LA Galaxy two there, but I yeah I don't know. I mean Reno's played Vegas out of the group, they've played Phoenix out of the group, and San Diego out of the group, and uh, they've won all three of those. I mean the Vegas one is you know take it or leave it. Uh, mm-hmm. They looked really good against San Diego. Uh, they managed to win at home against Phoenix, which I think I think for Phoenix it's more about I would rather have home field than travel on the road, um, versus necessarily thinking about Reno or Sacramento. Like I think Phoenix at home against either of those two, I would take Phoenix. Phoenix on the road against either of those two, mm. I, I it's more of a coin flip. Sure. Um, and I, I think yeah. that's where Phoenix needs to fight for that first spot. Um, Sacramento, though, man, like they're sneaky good, but sneaky bad. Like some mm-hmm. games, just like like coming back down a man and beating Orange County, and then draw against Tacoma. Like, mm-hmm. but then again, like hey, we've already well, clinched. We're probably not going to get first spot, so maybe they aren't playing. Out. To, I, I don't know what's to your point as well. Sunday three three where they needed a 90th minute equalizer to come out with a draw against Sounders too. Like and, and yeah, you know, you were already kind of clinched by that point. But you know, let's not let's not end on on some bad performances against bad teams. Yeah, 
a twist in this is Sacramento hasn't lost to Reno at all. Mm, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what's keeping them in the driver's seat, right? Like, although with equal matches remaining between the two, uh, Reno just need four points from their next three games to uh, wrap up first place. I mean, <clears throat> if we're looking at other really uh, close races here in the Western Conference, look over at uh, Group D right now with pretty much it's down to uh, SC Tulsa and Austin Bold. Both teams on four matches remaining. SC Tulsa have 16 points. Austin Bold have 15 points. San Antonio is already pretty much clenched. Uh, they've uh, clenched uh, the top spot here in Group D on 33 points. I Group B is going to be my favorite down the stretch, I think. Yeah, St. I think... Louis with some narrative points. I don't know if they're... They, I mean, they... They really got to play some of the best soccer of their lifespan these next two games, but... That's kind of nice. Yeah, I I am very interested to see how Group E ends up <laughs> Cause I'm it, pulling it, for St. Louis to make yeah. an upset because you know the whole shenanigans there and mm -hmm. whatever, but but it turns into this like really heartbreaking like I would want Indy Eleven to just kill them off tomorrow. Just to like really rip the band-aid off. And then you just give it hell in your final match at home against Louisville. Uh, because I could see a world where they beat Indy 11 and then Louisville come into their park and just kind of smack them around a little bit, which would be really upsetting. Um, <laughs> I guess to use a uh, Wilmington Hammerheads example from 2016, going into our final match of the season, we had... We were sitting in ninth place uh, looking into the playoffs. Uh, a win would have gotten us into the playoffs, and we did what we were supposed to do on the final day against Richmond and got a 2-0 victory. But then on the very next day, that Sunday, Bethlehem took a victory that clenched their spot in the playoffs, and it knocked uh, Wilmington out. I do. I do remember that match fondly. Kind of. Not for, not for the hammerhead reason, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what St. Louis do. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, I guess technically could still make it, <laughs> which is incredible. But let's not think about that. And then, hey, uh, if I'm Hartford, I really hope I don't have to see Pittsburgh like ever again. I mean, you you do on the 26th, but as far as the playoff format, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you got to Pittsburgh hope, look really good. You got to hope Pittsburgh gets knocked out in the you know the round before, and then mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about them. But it'd be against either. Uh, yeah, as of right now, they match up against Indy Eleven. Mm -hmm. I don't like that either. <laughs> That's when we get into some like that group E F. It goes from like group E teams go from like, holy cow, we have teams that are beating the snot out of each other. Oh, yeah. then we make the playoffs, and now we're in the bracket of, again, just heavyweights beating the snot out of each other. Yeah. Or Group E and F. 
and if we're looking further down, I, as when, uh, I honestly think the one team that'll be one half of the Eastern Conference Final will be either the Tampa Bay Rowdies or Charleston Battery. And if I'm Charleston, I'm not mad about having to play anybody, really. Uh, but who Birmingham would, or Charlotte for them? Yeah, I, those are both really winnable. Definitely Charlotte. I mean, as of right now, Tampa Bay and Charleston both have more points than both Birmingham and Charlotte. Yeah, I know the points right now this season well. are. I know, like in terms of uh, cross group. Just uh, comparison, the points doesn't engage the most uh, just comparison. But, yeah, I would bet that it's going to be either Tampa Bay or Charleston in one half of the Eastern Conference final. Because are you saying that Group G is not a good group? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it just hasn't been one of the strong groups of the season. Ponies talked about it yeah, in be careful, the past man. as well. B- but no, I, I'm, I would I would actually say that this group Group G is just not that strong of a group. Mm. I'm just trying to get some of that Twitter heat off of Pony and onto somebody else. Yeah, I think it's just like it's like it's fine. It's fine. It's a fine group. And, yeah. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, thank you for coming, Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Um, nice win over New Mexico United <laughs> to help out El Paso a little bit. Uh, I nice win away from home at home. Yeah, really. Uh, and then. Hey, thank you for coming, Miami FC. Way to lay the foundation for Oakland Roots so that they can figure out what not to do. Um, and then the game that uh, is on right now, that this is a little bit irrelevant because we're not actually live streaming this week because Phil's not here. But um, what is it? Austin or uh, yeah, Austin are playing, right? Yeah. Yeah, Austin. And they're up by two. So that'll probably be the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> for Swift Park. It's a cross-conference match. It is. Um, yeah, so Sporting Kansas City are probably out with that with that loss. Uh, by probably, I mean definitely. And then, as it stands, uh, that'll make things a little bit interesting for for Tulsa, who get leapfrogged. And defending champions from last year, Real Monarchs, have also been eliminated. Yeah. I, I, th- I think they're a bit of a, of a casualty of of goofy time crunch schedule in the league that your first team plays in. Yeah. And I think they're maybe the only team that can actually point to that as an excuse and have it be a little justified. Yeah, essentially a bunch of the guys that helped them win were borderline MLS guys that yeah. a bunch of their guys just made that jump this year. Um, I think before the San Diego match I looked and it was like three or four guys returned the rest of them are all with the first team and they were all like almost good enough probably borderline guys so they just kept them down and now it's just like nope we're taking all of them um versus you know a low dose which is al- always going to be who they are um i think real monarchs last year was like the team that does it right a good mix of you know a little bit older guys 
guys who are borderline guys and some young guys, and that's what helped them win. But this year, I mean, it's a much, a completely different team, obviously. Um, it would be, I mean, I think Portland Timbers, too, can maybe make that argument, too, because they've historically been a competitive team. Um, but six points in however many games they played is definitely not going to do anything. Yeah, it'll be interesting kind of looking at these remaining matches and just how the rest of the the rest of the season will uh, shake out. I feel like it'll be actually an incredibly fun, uh, just a really fun playoffs just for the teams that'll make it, especially if uh, the current standings are, are remain similar of having it be 15 independent clubs. I'm sure that'll make a lot of people pretty uh, thrilled with that development other than uh, watch Reno win it all. I mean, even if Los Dos makes it, you're still looking at 14 independent sides and, you know, and actually, you know, a really competitive Los Dos team. And it's good to see a competitive two team. And But, I mean, I would like to see an independent side, two independent sides come out of Group B and make it that 15. But, um, you know, who knows? And you might get a non-two side to win this year and uh, like the quote purists will be happy um, and then the people who say two teams need to leave will also be happy um, mm-hmm. but I think even if Los Dos manages to get in um, you know they're going to have a tough road ahead of them I'm not oh, sure yeah. they make the finals the Western Conference finals they probably don't um, so even if 14 you know at least one of them is probably out in that first week because it would be Galaxy versus Reno, and so one mm-hmm. would knock each other out, and you'd be down to, you know, seven independents and one quasi-related. But I mean, talking to the guys from Reno, is they're actually really happy right now because they don't have as many mm-hmm. guys being loaned down or sent down. So it's like we're way more consistent now because we know who we have and we can kind of build around them and create that system. And yep. and, I, and while they benefited from people in the past and their coach and the systems and such, they are much happier this year because it's been more consistent. It shows they're much – I mean, they've been good in the years past, but they're just a little bit different team now that they don't have guys showing up on a Thursday or Friday and you have to play these guys. Like I think that's – you know, it's it's the good and bad, but I think this season particularly, it's been really beneficial to Reno because they've got the talent, and they've just been able to ride with who they have as opposed to um, a roller coaster of who's there. Looking back at uh, previous USL uh, Cup finals and the teams that are currently still alive uh, this year, we have five teams who have been to the USL Cup final before who could very well return to it again. Charleston went in 2012, Sacramento in 2014, Los Dos in 2015, uh, Louisville in uh, 17 through 19, and Phoenix in 2018. In fact, uh, I think that Louisville-Phoenix one is the only possible uh, USL Cup final rematch still on the table this season. So, do we have... Can we do, can we do far too early predictions? 
I did one earlier on the show with my Tampa Bay Charleston pick. That's fair. Uh, Alan, I will I will put you on the spot. All right. I I don't think you need to give me give me your uh, assuming everyone that's that's ninety nine like if it's if it's like a they're probably in you know pick them. Uh, I I would love to hear your Western Conference and then if you have one your Eastern Conference final. Ooh. Western yeah. Conference Final. E, um, so here, here, do I make the safe pick and avoid Twitter craziness, or do I take a hot take here and say uh, Reno El Paso in the Western Conference Finals? I agree with you on that El Paso pick. I was going to pick Phoenix over Reno. Yeah, the thing that gets me with Phoenix and Reno is can Phoenix go on the road and beat Reno at home? Mm-hmm. I think they can. I think it is a coin flip, and I'll just take the home team. Because um, right now, if Reno does what Reno needs to do, they'll be home for all of their playoff matches, and yeah. going to Reno is a tough place to play. Um, I think El Paso is a really strong team, um, and just to annoy Harry a little bit, because I'm usually pretty San Antonio friendly. Uh, I'm going to pick El Paso out of that half and Reno out of <laughs> AB. Um, and so uh, people on Twitter can come at me because I need some more trash talking against Phoenix because Saturday was not enough. Um, to, I, will take, I will take Reno and I will take San Antonio. Assuming that is a thing that can happen, I believe it is. <laughs> it can, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, good. Um, and then, east. oh man, in the east, God, I, I... well, it's. I mean, that one half prediction seems like it'll be fine, but as we were speaking earlier, anyone from ENF that seems just like four. It would be four really big clubs that could uh, make a run yeah. if things break correctly. I mean, it's it's going to be the winner of E and F against God. I don't, I, mm, against Charleston, I think it really is a coin flip between Tampa Bay and Charleston. And I would love it to be Pittsburgh and Charleston in the final for the East. That'd be an old school USL matchup. Yeah, that'd be fine. Like, does Indy Eleven have a chance to beat Pittsburgh? I think they played them tough in the season. They they do, but I don't think any of their recent performances would give you much confidence in that happening. Because <laughs> that's the question. Like, if Indy Eleven gets by Pittsburgh, right. then they have to. They're probably playing Louisville. And they can't seem to beat them either. So the chances of Indy getting to that final is a pretty hard pick to make. Yeah. And I would like to see Pittsburgh Riverhounds get a chance to go to the finals. I would really like to see that. I, I picked them last year. Yeah. Yeah. They, they look really good. And... 
I don't I don't know. I mean, Louisville figured it out, but they didn't necessarily start hot. And then the the other team that I'd be like, oh man, they're going to give Pittsburgh a run for their money is Tampa, but I I think if if Charleston and Tampa end up seeing each other, I still like Charleston. I do too. I lean Charleston. So yeah, I think I think we have like a weird uh, sort of USL 1.5-ish kind of thing in like San Antonio and, and Reno in, in for the West. And then we have just old school classic USL Eastern Conference final Charleston Pitt. And then I'd love for either of those Eastern Conference teams to get another another bit of silverware, especially on, on ESPN. It would be kind of a nice little bookend to the uh, first decade or so of, of USL in the 2010s. Especially on the national stage, right. if it could be one of the USL original clubs being able to lift silverware. I mean, and could you, like... Just thinking back to 2014, could you have imagined like any of these teams playing on ESPN proper on a Sunday? Right, night too. Uh, no, yeah, not really. And you know, I love narrative points, and there's a ton of those there with the Eastern Conference teams. So, yeah, I think the that El Paso San Antonio matchup to get to the Western Conference final would be is going to be a really fun, you know, Texas narrative. Um I I'm going to guess Reno and Phoenix are going to meet each other in the other half. And that's you know, Reno the way they play is so unique to you know, soccer in general, that man marking, pulling people out we just have better players than you versus Phoenix who also has that mentality we have better players than you I I think I for sure like the Eastern Conference has a little bit more nostalgia and I think the Western Conference has that kind of very different playing styles and very different like the first you know first you know El Paso San Antonio Phoenix Reno have completely different approaches to how they play the game and how those clash up against each other are going to be really fun uh, to watch versus, you know, your mainstays over there in the East uh, where you kind of have an idea of how they play each other because they've been playing each other and bashing each other's brains in for, for a while. I guess it's a fun final question for uh, the pod tonight. Uh, we don't have to pick a team, but if you were to predict where this year's USL Cup champion, which conference it'll come from, which conference would you say? Uh, I am going to stall because I have to pull up. I'm going to go with the Western Conference. I'm going to pull up the last couple years here, hopefully. There, there we go. Real Monarchs at the past couple years was the first, uh, since they split into conferences, was the first team to win it from the Western Conference. Yeah. Yeah, history says Eastern Conference. And this is like the debate of, you know, that's been happening over the past couple of years. Like Eastern Conference might be have the better teams at the very, very top, and then mm. West is like super deep, and that's why I think you're seeing in the Western Conference Finals. Um, oh man! Right? 
It was well. So I'm I'm looking at since the USL. I guess now the USL Championship era, so 2010, uh, started. The only Western Conference teams to win it were Sac Republic in 2014. That was a single legal. That was a single league table at the time. Yeah, and then Real Monarchs last year. So every year besides that, and there's been some like weird like, okay, Orlando City in 2011 beat Harrisburg. So like it's. Uh, uh, there's like weird like League One kind of thing where it's like well there's only like two Western Conference teams but um, yeah I, you know listen the East does well in these sorts of, of competitions uh, because those big teams are really good and really deep and I don't think we've necessarily seen that translate to the teams in the West that we should like your Sacramento Republics and your Phoenixes and to a lesser extent I suppose your New Mexico Uniteds and things um that being said, there's some new blood in San Antonio and, and Reno who are showing themselves as not just good and, and not just playoff locks at the beginning of the season. But, you know, San Antonio is probably, at least as far as the line goes, the best team in the West. So do we know what they can do with some expectations of them not really um do i think that's going to matter so i'll say the west and then i'll be wrong but that's fine can i cheat and say whoever the home team is sure because i think i think that has a a bigger play into it as well without like a neutral venue i think a neutral venue probably i would take east over west um yeah, Real Monarchs last year were the first uh, visiting uh, team in the USL Cup final to win. So I think that's going to be a, a big, like the biggest thing I see is like San Antonio and Reno both can get to 39 and 40 mm. points. And if it's by points, you know, they're pretty much guaranteeing that if that's the Western Conference final, and they, you know, they went out. They do what they need to do. Western Conference Final becomes the home team. If you know, if your choice, uh, San Antonio and Reno make it, then it's being played in the West, and I think that gives them an advantage. Um, versus, you know, if you know Locomotive come out and make the final, then they're probably, you know, it looks like they might be going East, and then I would give you know Pittsburgh. Um, or even Charleston a little bit of a head up above them because they're playing in their home stadium. Um, but just based on where people are going to finish and who I think are going to make the finals, I th- I'm I'm still going to pick the home team. I think it's going to be a, a West repeat, but um, I think if one of those top teams get knocked out, I can very easily see it shifting back over to the East just based on mm-hmm. having to travel there. Yeah, Especially in sense. November and... You know, unless it's crazy warm still. Like, if it's cold, like, you know, Reno's a tough place to play. San Antonio's probably tough, but, like, going to Pittsburgh? Right. I mean, you might be playing in, like, you know, super cold, Mm. uncomfortable weather where Phoenix or where, you know, Pittsburgh might be all right with that. But, you know, maybe El Paso isn't. Well, and, and, I mean, it's a good thing that Pittsburgh has the new turf in. Because, like, between the cold and then playing on whatever that old stuff was, was not fun by a lot of accounts of people that have played on there. 
Um, and even post match a year or two ago, just walking on it, you're like, this is a little, a little sketchy. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, either way, like Charleston's even a little bit better, and Tampa's a little bit better. But if it's any of the teams in like the Northeast or the Mid Atlantic, like it's not necessarily going to be a cakewalk to to come in there on short rest, probably, and and try to bang out a win for for a cup. That's a good point. Thanks. Hey, if uh, if you disagree with that, and you would like to let us know about it, feel free at the USL show. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors, Sacred FC, uh, who just put out uh, really nice hotel room keys with this logo on it. If you're into that, also it was a really good kits there. Goes without saying. Um, as well as Roughneck Scarves, if you need scarves and you have a design and you want to work with someone who will do it right and do it good and do it reasonably, Roughneck Scarves, roughneckscarves.com, as well as the Beautiful Game Network podcast, where uh, not only do we have amazing podcasts, we also have a really good written side, which you should go check out, because a uh, friend of this show and, and friend of you from the Bridge Dressed in Ashcraft did, did a really good article about Bethlehem Steel on this Brendan Aronson. Um... And then Carson Mark is writing about everything all the time. So, you know, come come join that fun. Uh, for Alan and Ryan, who are here, for Phil and Pony, who are not, uh, until next week, where we have most of the playoff picture wrapped up, hopefully. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon.